she should use heavier fabric in the bedroom. At first he stayed overnight, and in the morning, as the birds started to sing, he would lie quietly beside her and wonder if his wife was also waking up next to somebody else. And if she was, where was their son? Who was looking after Laurie? In the mornings he tried hard not to move as the last thing he needed was Yvette talking to him. But because the curtains didn't block out the light, it was impossible for him to sleep beyond dawn. He thought maybe she liked it this way, with nature giving her an automatic wake-up call. But he didn't want to ask any questions, because that would be to suggest an intimacy that he was keen to avoid. A forty-seven-year-old man and a twenty-six-year-old girl. He understood the detached role that he was playing, and he was determined to stay in character. These days there is a predictable pattern to these more acceptable afternoon visits. Yvette likes to take charge. She carefully turns out the light in the downstairs hallway, and then she leads him upstairs. Once they reach the top landing, she lets the silk robe slip to the floor. Initially, he found the drama arousing, thrillingly so, but after his third or fourth afternoon visit, or service call as she likes to refer to them, she abandoned the black lace corset that he relished and replaced it with a red push-up bra and a matching thong. Clearly, she imagined this to be an improvement, more of a turn-on, but he couldn't find the words to fully express his disdain for the crass vulgarity of this silly piece of string. Yvette continues to wear this tart's uniform, and as her robe pulls onto the floor, his eyes drop down and focus first on her legs, and then on her ankles, which he knows are cocoa butter smooth. But try as he might, he can't bring himself to look at her underwear. Once inside the bedroom, Yvette locks the door by sliding a small brass bolt into place, and then she eases her hands into his jacket, and up towards his shoulder pads, stripping the garment from him as though peeling the skin from a piece of fruit. He may not have found a way to talk with her about the underwear, but he has been forced to tell her that scented candles make him gag. After the second coughing fit, Yvette quizzed him, and although at first he denied that there was a problem, eventually confessed, and she laughed, and assured him that a hint of jasmine or honey peach was something that she could happily live without. Having removed his jacket, she allows him to undress himself while she lies on the top sheet of the bed and unclips her bra so that her breasts, while not totally abandoning the infrastructure of the wired cups, perch mischievously on the threshold of liberation. Yvette's enthusiasm is almost theatrical, but she is genuinely aroused and achieves a climax with speed and great vocal excitement. He used to worry about the neighbours, but she assured him that they seldom returned home from work before nine o'clock. Besides, she and Colin never had any complaints from them, and she never hears their love-making, so she assumes that the walls between these houses must be quite thick. She closes her eyes, lies back on the bed and continues to catch her breath, while he props himself up on one elbow and carefully tunnels his free hand through the rough nest of her hair.
He knows that she relaxes it, for he's seen the full artillery of creams and lotions in the bathroom. But her heritage is most evident in the battle between Europe and Africa that is being waged on her face, where full lips and emerald green eyes compete for attention. Under the most intense scrutiny, she could easily pass for white and suntanned, but her penchant for kente cloth scarves and wooden beads speaks eloquently to the fact that she has never tried to deny her mixed background. When she's ready, Yvette opens her eyes and smiles gently. Then she jackknifes her leg and runs her instep against his thigh, which is his cue to mount her again, and this time slowly tease her by conjuring pleasure out of gestures so subtle that only those locked together in the most claustrophobic of embraces